The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga. Hello, and welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, a conversation of hope for Tuesday, April 17th. I'm your host, Terry Arango, with my guest, Dr. Roy Dittman, whose son recovered from Asperger's Syndrome. Dr. Dittman is a doctor of Oriental Medicine, a doctor of Sri Lankan Medicine, a master in Herbal Medicine, and more. And he is the author of the upcoming book titled, The Brighton Baby, A Revolutionary Organic Approach to Having an Extraordinary Child, The Complete Guide to Preconception and Conception. Welcome, Dr. Dittman. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. Well, Dr. Dittman, when I was pregnant, my OBGYN said, don't worry about anything before you knew you were pregnant. In retrospect, how much sense does that make? Well, in today's world, Terry, it's becoming increasingly dangerous considerations because, um, you know, we've been living in a post-industrial world now for so long, uh, really over 200 years, but in the last 50 years, the amounts of pesticides, food additives, chemicals, heavy metals, the, over, the abuse of antibiotics and other things like NSAIDs and so forth has contributed in a cumulative effect even generationally over several generations to, to make it such that to, to conceive without purifying our bodies in a very intelligent and precise way is similar to Russian roulette. Um, it's very dangerous consideration. And that's what this book is about. In other words, how to minimize the chances of having an autistic child or a child with any birth defects and maximize the possibilities of having uh, a very healthy child. And uh, so I've been doing this since 83, and um, I pioneered the field of um, perinatal medicine and the uh, natural uh, medicine world back then. And I've been looking for answers and solutions, and a lot of my time early in my early years was spent in Eastern Europe and in Russia, Ukraine, where they had horrific problems with pollution, horrific problems with heavy metals in their food chain, and you know even we've all heard of Chernobyl. Yet I never saw fat people, and I never saw autistic people over there. It's very rare; like once in every five years, you would see someone. And so it made me very curious about why they're, it's so different over there. And, um, you know, one of the things I found out is that people eat fresh, organic, raw food every day. You know, their mothers or grandfathers' mothers go to the uh, market in the central square. They buy it fresh. It's fresh from the farm. 
they also use these cultures, these cultured yogurts, cultured fermented foods a lot, part of their diet. The things like that, I found out that I think some of these grandmothers know more about health than, than doctors sometimes. I remember an article, now that you mention it, um, from Dr. John and Betsy Hicks, and it was talking about how a practitioner who works with patients, um, he and his staff work with patients, I think, in the wake of fallout um, overseas, were okay because they were eating miso soup every day. I think it may have been after Nagasaki or some such, but they didn't get sick. They were eating this fermented um, food every day. Uh, and what you just said brings that to my mind. Are we being histrionic? Just exactly how sick are kids in this country? Well, obviously, the statistics don't bode well. I mean, I could go through so many different maps. Uh, we see, you know, let's take celiac disease. In 1950, it was 1% of the population. You know, by 1980, it was 2% with the introduction of things like aspartame and high fructose corn syrup. Uh, by 1995, was the introduction of GMO foods. You know, when it hit the supermarkets, it went to 5%. Uh, by 2008, it was 20% with the introduction of flu vaccines promoted during pregnancy. And, you know, when you consider that kids are already getting exposed to things like MSG and so are their parents, thimerosal, antibiotics, and all kinds of other pollutants, of course, these, these irritants in the gut reflect brain function. We know that today. They're not separate and distinct. And I'd like to talk about that, how we language these things, because we act as if in our language, you know, language itself is somewhat inaccurate. We say, you know, the liver, someone has a liver problem or they have celiac disease. But the body is not separated. It's only separated in our language somewhat. It all works together in a synergistic way. That's a wonderful point. Well, we also know that the CDC has just come out with autism at 1 in 88, which is 1 in 54 boys. And those are old figures by now because those figures were for 8-year-olds in 2008. Uh, Most cases of autism I know of, however, were regressive, where the child was meeting milestones and then regressed. So when do you think that setups occur, predispositions, and when do you think tipping points occur? You've talked about this deluge of toxins. And, for example, some people think that maternal prenatal health is a setup for later susceptibility to an insult, while I've heard that um, at least some chiropractors think that birthing injuries can be a setup for future vaccine injuries. So what do you think? Well, there's many. That's a very complex. I don't think there's one answer to that, but... One of my theories is that with the introduction of vaccines early in childhood, often the trifecta of antibiotics, vaccines, and uh, NSAIDs or uh, other, you know, uh, fever-reducing types of drugs are the trifecta of autism. And although we're calling it regressive, um, I think it's just that it's kind of like the, the straw that broke the camel's back. I think people... The children these days are born with a lot more toxins, a lot more susceptibility. Uh, they're more susceptible to these kinds of uh, toxins. And we're just beginning to understand how 
how really fragile the, the human fetal brain is. It, it doesn't have developed organs, uh, liver and kidneys, like we as adults have. So uh, a heavy metal, just a, a dust, a, you know, piece of dust of cadmium or lead can have horrendous effects on the fetal brain in the first three months uh, of pregnancy. And uh, we think, oh, it's not a big deal. You know, we, we're out working with, you know, pollutants all the time and construction zones or factories, and it doesn't affect us. But for your baby in the womb, it, it's a, it can be devastating. And uh, so I think, you know, at that time of life, what's happening is there's a reaction. And uh, if you look, you know, just like last year, they discovered research that, you know, they were trying to... Uh, to research why the 1918 flu epidemic was so horrific, killed probably over 100 million people. Um, it, and it's, it's a reason why they scare us into taking vaccines, right? It's like, oh, my God, you know, look at the 1918 flu epidemic. It was this bird flu. It was a horrible thing. We weren't ready for it. But just last year, a group of researchers investigated this. They said, well, what happened? Why was so many people, why did so many people die? And what they found out was this. They found out that in those days, doctors would prescribe 35 grams or more. That's, you know, that's a huge dosage. Think about how much you're taking, uh, you know, 150 milligrams or 200 milligrams. These are very small amounts compared to 35 grams or even 50 grams. They would give when you of have what? the flu of aspirin. So they'd give 35, 50 grams of aspirin to bring down your fever, which seemed like a logical thing. It would bring down the fever. But that was the worst thing you could do because it caused it, you know, intestinal and stomach bleeding. And now those toxins went right into the blood and would kill you really fast. So wow. it seems like a great thing. What do, what do parents do? What I'm trying to say today, in today's world, we have real solutions, natural ways to bring down fever. So what I'm trying to tell patients in this, and, and, and parents in this book is, you know, if your child has a fever, allow it to go up. That's natural, you know. And it will even go up a little bit more when you give them good things because the immune system is exercising itself. It's adapting to this new toxin, to this pathogen. Instead of giving them NSAIDs and uh, acetaminophen, uh, other things that will actually uh, prolong the illness and make it worse, um, try magnesium. You know, magnesium will clear the bowels. That will bring down the fever. Try a hygiene bath with salt and iodine or salt and hydrogen peroxide. Do that a few times. I would, I would say 90% of the time, just those two things alone will bring down a fever very effectively. You know, make sure they have plenty of fluids. Make sure they're hydrated with things like ketone marine plasma, and that will bring the fever up slightly. But until it gets to really high, you know, levels where it's dangerous, like above, you know, 104 or above, you know, I wouldn't do anything more drastic. Um, usually it subsides. I've... None of my kids have been exact, uh, vaccinated. I have four of them, and uh, they get over everything, chicken pox, measles, mumps, the worst thing within two days. Yeah. When we talk about um, taking charge of our reproductive health, as you've emphasized that that's so important, how worried should we be about our genes? Well, this is a big question because when people say the word gene, it can mean so many things. You know, the genes are supposedly the blueprint that's set up life, at life, but what are genes made of? And what influences our genes the most? 
Well, we used to think it was proteins, but now we're, you know, recent research in the 90s showed that glyconutrients are even more impactful than the proteins on our genes. And we know that many things interfere with, with uh, the transcription of our DNA and our RNA. Very significant. Um, a lot of these metalloenzymes, like DNA transcriptase, is zinc-dependent, and uh, RNA transcriptase is uh, copper-dependent. And what we see in today's world is, is very different from, again, the 1960s when less than 5% of American women had copper toxicity. In today's world, um, you know, I'm trying to get uh, really solid uh, scientific references, but according to the labs that test people's hair today, in the last 20 years, what they're saying is that these, this number has grown to over 80%. So w- when women, uh, mothers, are having, have copper toxicity in their body and say they have adrenal insufficiency and they use antibiotics, so um, this combination of, uh, of uh, stress on the physiology uh, adds up to a child often with autism. And, and it's at, at the least a lot of stress on their physiology. So by the time they're three years old, if they get vaccinations and other things that cause stress on their system, it can be enough to cause them that adrenal, the, the excess copper to convert into adrenochrome in the brain. All right, and we'll pick up with this when we come back from the break at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. And for those of you who are wondering about Dr. Dittman's um, son recovering from Asperger's syndrome but not being vaccinated, we're going to have a logical explanation for that that also involves toxins when we come back. Thank you to our sponsors, OxyHealth and Superberries. We'll be right back. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. 
We're back talking with Dr. Roy Dittman, author of the upcoming book, The Brighton Baby, A Revolutionary Organic Approach to Having an Extraordinary Child, The Complete Guide to Preconception and Conception. This is part one of our interview with Dr. Dittman, and he'll be back in June. And just as a brief wrap-up of the first segment of our program, Dr. Dittman, you made some wonderful points. You let listeners know that the whole body is integrated and the liver isn't just off prancing around by itself, nor the gut. You were talking about the 1918 flu and researchers wondering why exactly just so many people died, and it was because doctors prescribed megadoses of aspirin, um, which perturbed the gut and then uh, and caused gut bleeding, and that made um, the pathogens get into the bloodstream fast and kill you quickly. And I just wanted to add. One point to that, um, you were talking also uh, about other things that parents give their kids sometimes to relieve fevers, uh, NSAIDs and uh, uh, Tylenol. That depresses glutathione, doesn't it, the acetaminophen? Yes, exactly. That's a very good point. And it's something that's not well known. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Absolutely. It, and, you know, acetaminophen, in my opinion, is just really bad for instances. I just have seen such horrible things happen uh, related to it. You know, there's other things that are gentler, and there's no perfect uh, thing out there when a child is in pain or they have a headache. Um, you know, there's, there's many doctors say ibuprofen's uh, better than acetaminophen. But the bottom line is that children are much more susceptible these days when their immune systems are compromised. Um, and today... You know, I, I'd like to go back to 1850 when Ignat Semmelweis started, you know, talking to physicians in his Vienna hospital to start washing their hands before surgery or before they uh, gave birth to a child. And, of course, he, he ended up ostracized and dying in a mental institution because they said he was crazy. But I think we've gone overboard the other way too much, and we're trying to sterilize everything. We're not exposing our children to important pathogens that they need to have minimal exposure to, like around animals and dirt and you know, these kinds of things that, uh, that are important at an early age that we adapt to. And the immune system is, 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 is a learning, adapting, evolutionary type of uh, intelligence. It's like a, almost like a second brain. And we have to give it the material it needs to adapt and shift. And um, one of my concerns is that we're... You know, with the advent of antibiotics and I think the abuse by many doctors, uh, just giving it every time uh, someone has a cold, um, wipes out our intestinal gut bacteria. Uh, and uh, we're, that's a huge part of our, our immune function. You're talking about, you know, 140 trillion, you know, microbes in our body compared to 10 trillion, approximately 10 trillion cells. Right. I've heard the gut referred to as the second brain, and um, we know that most of our immune system is, in fact, down there. So you were talking before the break about um, mom's role in reproductive health. You were talking about the adrenals and copper and adenochrome, and I promised our listeners we would pick up with that. Great. Yeah, great point. And I don't want to... I'm not necessarily focusing on women or moms because it's just as critical. And no, I we're going to get the sperm. 
It's, yeah, to the, to the fathers as well. That's why I emphasize in this book, uh, father's preconception is very important. And uh, one point is that even though the sperm, you know, doesn't carry vast amounts of heavy metals or copper on it, it, it very much is damaged or reduced in its efficacy by those matters. Now, to get on to your question, um, yes, there's, there's much more uh, stress on the physiology of the fetal brain when um, a mother has high amounts of copper that deposit, by the way, mostly in the brain and the liver. And the liver is probably the main organ of pregnancy other than the uterus, of course. And because it processes so much blood, because the venules in the liver are so intricate. And when it's congested, you know, a mother experiences morning sickness, right? And... um, one of the things that helps to dilute the effects of, of copper toxicity is um, more bioavailable minerals. So there's, there's a, it's very important that uh, parents prepare their bodies preconception to get an abundant amount of minerals. Now, I'm not recommending people just run out and buy a bunch of minerals. Most minerals are not that bioavailable. It's like eating rocks, especially in the like, calcium carbonate. It's really chalk. Uh, it's not really a digestible. And the other factoid is that if you don't have proper, healthy, super-strain probiotics in your, in your gut, that's not the kind that you get just from store-bought yogurt, by the way, um, then you can't really absorb these minerals very well either. So although animals can absorb rocks, they can absorb minerals just from dirt, we can't. We need it in a bioavailable, organic form, so in the form of plants or seaweed, or marine plasma, or fulvic-based minerals from, the, you know, from soil and from vegetables and so forth. And this dilutes the effect, the toxic effect of copper uh, greatly because you have uh, helper minerals that then are the precursors, the catalyst to all the enzymes in our body and that feed the probiotics. So the minerals are the catalyst that, that catalyze the enzymes. And the probiotics produce all the enzymes we can we can imagine that we've never even discovered in our gut. You uh, were talking about how these toxins can accumulate even over generations. This is an important point, yes. This has been verified, like with pesticides in particular. Um, but, uh, but also this whole issue of copper, this is passed on generationally. You can see it in hair and urine uh, tests, you can see that, you know, the grandmother and the father, you know, the grandfathers and the father and the mothers pass it on to their children, these, these kind of um, precursors to our genes, because this is how our genes are being expressed through this filter of the ratio of, say, copper to zinc in our, in really every cell in our body. So... Hair analysis is really kind of like a tissue biopsy without, without the pain, in other words. So it gives parents a lot of great you know, information for a very small price, in my opinion. Very efficient. Oh. Yeah. Okay, and so this all... Well, something that's really important to me about toxic, toxins accumulating over generations is that we hear so much about genetics this, and genetics that, but if we're talking about man-made external toxic exposures 
that grandma got and mom got, that's not really genetics to me. That's epigenetics to me. Exactly. This whole, uh, this whole push in the media and by organizations that are uh, getting, are, are focusing on our genes, it's, it's very deceptive because our genes have been fine. We, if you look in history, we didn't have these kinds of uh, birth defects going on. So, you know, what happened is the main question. And it's pretty clear. It's pretty clear where the evidence points to. If we're a criminal investigator and we're investigating a, a crime, you can clearly see that uh, where, uh, <laughs> where the culprit... Hello? I'm still here. Okay. Okay. And so yeah. we can clearly see that, that there's a... It allows pushing everything onto genes instead of epigenetics just allows industry to run roughshod and keep getting favors from government and say, hey, this pollution is cool. This is okay. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you know, and it's getting into political uh, domains because more and more parents are realizing that wow, my family is affected by autism, and the deeper you get into this issue, the deeper you have to get into to political activism. Because the truth is that we, you know, we think about you know, authority figures in our life are taking care of us, and when you get up close to the, the politicians and uh, the insurance companies and the big pharma companies, uh, you know, and I have, I mean, you don't, find that people know a lot of what they're doing. What we think <laughs> is uh, people taking care of our best interests is not true. So if we're lucky enough to have a child, we need to look at our reproductive health, but there are, there are couples who can't even have a child at this point, at least not easily. Yeah, and, and that brings into the whole subject of you know fertility clinics and I, you know, it's really important for, I think, physicians to be responsible and say, look, you know, should you get pregnant right now? Let's find out. Instead of just helping you to be pregnant because you want to get pregnant, I think we, ha- we need to start doing that uh, across the board because when we see the epidemic proportions of childhood diseases, it's just it, 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 the writing is on the wall. It's, uh, it's time for us to wake up and say, okay, we have to become active politically. We have to become fully engaged in our mate, in our partner's health, and our lifestyles need to shift. We need to look at everything we're, we're putting in our bodies, read labels, uh, and and exactly what you're saying, Terry, about the accumulation of these toxins is something that is not being addressed properly. The pesticides are a perfect example of of what accumulates in the germ cells in the testes in men and in the ovaries in women, and We've been using artificial pesticides, very dangerous chemicals, since World War II. And these were leftover chemicals from the war. And these have extremely toxic effects on the fetal brain. So I happen to think that we should get pregnant. This, isn't, this shouldn't be the end of mankind. But what you're saying is if you're having difficulty getting pregnant, right. this might signal a that there is a situation in which toxins are involved and to m- mindfully 
detoxify the body well in advance of conception. Exactly. In other words, um, I worked with governments and health ministers in different countries around the world, and in particular, I may, or I even worked with the Chinese health ministry. And uh, you know, they they were saying we only want people to have one child. And what I said to them is, look, what we found out in Venezuela when we did a program there that there's um, uh, that people when they have a viable child, they tend not to have to need a lot of them. And the Chinese government indeed found this out. So some people are concerned with population rising and so on and so forth. But in many parts of the world where they're concerned about population is actually those countries like in Europe and Russia and so forth and Ukraine where they have negative population growth, where they have a severe crisis, like say in places like Latvia, you know, where they have a lot of pollution and there's a small population and their, their culture is, is threatened with uh, you know, extinction here. So we have to look at... Um, the cumulative effects, not just of our generation, but future, past generations of the pollution that have been, uh, we've been exposed to. And, yeah, uh, I, go ahead. I would think it would, it would cost less to take care of more healthy people um, than fewer disabled people. Um, and just before we go to break, you made a very powerful point in your book and that was that older moms who detoxified in advance of conception had healthier children than younger moms who didn't bother with preconception detoxification. Exactly. And I think that that's one of the most powerful and important points in your book, and again, that book Coming soon is The Brighton Baby, A Revolutionary Organic Approach to Having an Extraordinary Child, The Complete Guide to Preconception and Conception. We'll be right back with Dr. Roy Dittman here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you to this program's sponsors, OxyHealth and Superberries. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On Mind, Brain, and Body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness, radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Every weekend, take some time out of your schedule for New Reflections, featuring Dr. Adam Rubenstein. It's a show about all things aesthetic, from skin care to plastic surgery, health and beauty. You'll learn about the aesthetic products and procedures to embrace or avoid. Each show will feature live, virtual, interactive consultations that you'll be able to follow along with and featured guests from the world of beauty and aesthetics. Listen Saturdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, for New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. 
We're back with Dr. Roy Dittman, author of the upcoming book, The Brighton Baby, A Revolutionary Organic Approach to Having an Extraordinary Child, The Complete Guide to Preconception and Conception. We are going to talk about where some of these risks come from. And um, before uh, the break, you had talked about things like DDT. Is that the only thing? What do we need to look out for in the home and the workplace? Right. Well, you know, I don't want, first of all, I don't want people to be paranoid about everything and think, oh, my God, I can't do this, I can't do that, because it's, that's not really the case. If, if we have the basics handled, like really strong, super-strain probiotics, really good minerals, really good oils in our bodies that are very effective and powerful, um, the glyconutrients, the, the adequate bioavailable proteins, our digestion's working, if our liver's detoxified, if we're doing these things, and we, we, I want to strengthen the body. It's, it's not all about detoxification. I don't want people to think that because to some extent, detoxifying too much weakens us. It's uh, constantly you know, you, you know, using our filtering organs like our liver and kidneys, overusing them, and they get stressed. So that's not the answer either. Although it's a very important component, we must detoxify, eliminate, also balance, and we also must strengthen or tonify the body. But now back to your question, is like what are the main things in our environment, right, that we need to look at and say, wow, we need to control that. Well, the most obvious things are things that in our, our daily life, you know, can I use this bread or that bread? Which one's hypoallergenic? You know, you take, take the spelt bread or pick the non-wheat bread if you are going to use bread. Or even better yet, don't use bread at all. Use something else, you know. Um, instead of having for breakfast a... Uh, you know, the typical cereal and milk, um, why not go Asian? Uh, uh, do what the Asians do. Give your kid a nice little miso soup with some, you know, um, which tastes good. It's salty. Kids like salty things. And, you know, feed them a little bit of a noodles, like a ramen soup that doesn't have MSG in it, you know, things like this. So I like very practical things. I'm a parent. I know what it's like to be a dad and, you know, wake up and have to feed your kids. And, and see them crying, go, no, I want that cereal I saw on TV and all this stuff. <laughs> TV? Why have a TV? Okay, exactly. go on. I know, but that's the reality of most households. I, we pulled our TV long ago. I'm glad you mentioned that. I recommend people just pull the plug on the TV, absolutely, because that's one of the most toxic forms <laughs> of things in your household. Um, but uh, there's other things in the household that you want to be aware of. This you know, briefly, um, you know, there's um, certain kinds. People use uh, toothpaste, and most people think fluoride toothpaste is benign, but I don't think so. There's just too much evidence that shows fluoride helps to absorb aluminum better, which is very much linked to autism. Um, so there's things, little things like that can make a big difference in a child's life. So I'm always trying to, I, I tell parents, look, I said, just be aware of everything. Just notice things. Notice what your child is grabbing. Notice what, what when you're over at your, your parents' house. Notice what they're giving your kids in that moment because that can make a big difference overall. And sugar always weakens children's immune system. So excess of sugar and carbs is going to weaken their immune function. Okay, so those are some dietary things. What are things that we can do as a first line of defense in the home and the workplace? 
insofar well, as household goods, household cleaners, workplace pollutants. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of things. Like I tell people uh, electromagnetic stress, for instance, don't use Wi-Fi. You know, don't use um, cordless phones and things like this. Uh, or laptop computers, don't have your kids using laptops. Or if you do, just minimize that. Uh, for instance, and as far as toxins around the home, um, you know, things like uh, for pesticide removal, try, I mean, for, for pests around the house, try to use natural things to uh, eliminate pests and rodents and so forth. There's a lot of great information now on the Internet. You can see, you know, like if you have rats or rodents, cockroaches, you know, whatever it is, there's natural ways to eliminate these things. Um, mold is a big issue. A lot of people have mold in their homes. There's natural ways to eliminate mold with ozone, uh, concentrated ozone, or there's natural ways to uh, use, like, tea tree oil on mold. Um, I've heard that NutraSweet kills ants. What? I've heard that NutraSweet kills ants. That's the same kills ants. <laughs> I'm thinking that a private yeah. investigator would say, that's a clue. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's a very big clue. When you see that, uh, that aspartame uh, uh, kills ants, that's, that's, uh, <laughs> that's not a good sign. <laughs> yeah, and they're attracted to it, too, just like uh, many people do it. And, uh, you know, when you go into a restaurant, these little things all add up. I, I, always, I always ask the owner, do you serve MSG in your food? And oftentimes it won't tell you the truth, but I, and I can tell, like, oh my god, I got a migraine headache. They must have used MSG, you know. Right. But uh, you know, you, you should at least ask because the more people will ask, the more they're going to get the clue that hey, you know, maybe we shouldn't carry MSG in our products anymore. So how can we do better if we're talking about different toxins, toxic products that are used in? the home and the workplace, you're talking about using natural alternatives for pest control um, and avoiding things like electromagnetic frequencies. Let's, let's talk about energy for a minute. A lot of people are going to think that we're, you know, off in woo-woo land when we're talking about energy, but isn't the body made up of energy and such? Well, the... Yes, the, the bioenergetic body is very sensitive, especially in children, to its environment. Um, so, you know, one of, what's a, one of the best sources of energy is sunlight. You know, this is the source of all energy on our planet, or all life. And people forget this simple thing, especially in northern climates. I tell people, well, look, did you, put your, did you ever put your, your, your son or daughter out in the sun? They go, well, no. I said, well, why not? They're, they're like a plant. They need sunlight. And, you know, when the vitamin D levels are elevated in the blood, you give your child uh, adequate internal food source natural vitamin D, vitamin C, and vitamin A, there's, less chance, there's much less chance that they're going to get sick to the point where it becomes like pneumonia or a critical thing where you have to use antibiotics and NSAIDs. So, you know, get your kids out in the sunlight playing, like in their bathing suits, and make sure they're getting full-body sun uh, for... You know, not, nothing extreme because if it's too much, it will actually weaken the immune system. But, you know, you're saying, you say 15 to 30 minutes in a day, and uh, they're playing outside and they're getting sunlight. That's very, very important. Now, it's easy for us to see out here in California because we get a lot of it. But it's even more important in northern climates where, where they're not getting as much sun 
to make sure that when the sun does come out that they get their kids out. And if we need to use a vitamin D supplement, I've heard that vitamin D3 is the way to go instead of vitamin D2. So we want um, natural vitamin D3. Exactly. You've talked about food a little bit, and you talked about the benefits of fermented foods. Uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, the moms who were staving off birth defects in their kids. You have talked about uh, Quentin Marine Plasma, I think, and some, th- some amazing things that happened with that in staving off birth defects. Yeah, I, I, well, I've been using it now since, 2005, 2006, and um, you know, I've, I've seen tremendous results with it. Um, and Rene Canton uh, started using it uh, first for women in his clinics. He had dispensaries, 46 dispensaries in France, and he was using it for changing the um, uh, these women uh, their their birth histories. They would ha- he would take these cases with women they'd had you know, eight children, six children with birth defects and deformities, the worst, you know, miscarriages, everything. And he would put them on this marine plasma, which is made from the viscous fluid of the zooplankton in the ocean. Think of it as the amniotic fluid of the ocean. And he would give it to them, and their, you know, their problems would not only go away, their morning sickness and their, you know, preeclampsia and other problems would go away. They would have perfectly healthy children. And he was saying, my God, there's something in... This it must be because it's like the, 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 you know, at the very root of the food chain in the ocean, and indeed it's at the very center of these huge plankton blooms that they collect this specialized seawater. And I've seen tremendous results. I've seen, you know, when someone says, "Hey, you know, I, I just heard about you. We're eight months pregnant," and and they look at their history and say, "Oh my God, this is this is a train wreck." It's, you know, both parents have done almost everything wrong, and it's I'm I'm thinking, what you know. What can I do at this point? And um, and it's not what I recommend, you know. That's why this book is about preconception. Um, but they said, well, what can we do right now, doctor? What? What? And I said, well, use the ketone marine plasma. And I've seen amazing results, even in just a short period of time, where I thought it was going to be much worse than it was, and it turned out quite well, actually. So I, I recommend that a lot. I think it's the the reason why it works well is it has all the genetic material in the ocean can contains all of the uh, past signature of every dinosaur, every living life form on our planet is in the ocean. Think about this. really heavy to think about. Every genetic marker is in there. Uh, and, you know, there, so it, it's a perfect thing to adapt and evolve our immune function, for instance. It has all the minerals in their bioavailable form. So, you don't have to digest anything. It's just assimilated. And I've seen this again and again in children who have better focus and so forth uh, using this. And it's totally safe. You use the isotonic form, which is, which is identical to our blood plasma, um, for children under three and use the hypertonic form. You can start using that under, you know, a well-trained doctor's uh, guidance uh, after three years old. And... Um, it's, it's very safe. It's safe for the mother. It's safe for the baby. It's the best thing for developing, in my opinion, of the, of the brain, of the fetal brain. 
All right, and we will pick up with this when we come back at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel with Dr. Roy Dittman, author of the upcoming book, The Brighton Baby, A Revolutionary Organic Approach to Having an Extraordinary Child, The Complete Guide to Preconception and Conception. Thanks to our sponsors, Oxy Health. We're talking about hyperbaric oxygen there and superberries, talking about aronia berries, wonderful super antioxidants. We'll be right back. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. To perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On mind, brain, and body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness. Radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Professionals and families who are dealing with autism face challenges that can lead to many questions. Questions about how to understand, communicate, and support each other. Every week, Autism Today with host Dr. Patrick J. Rydell will focus on dealing with the diagnosis and the day-to-day challenges of autism spectrum disorders. Dr. Rydell will combine his 30 years of experience along with featured guests from the ASD field to provide their insights and answers to your questions. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866 472 5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back with Dr. Roy Dittman, author of the upcoming book, The Brighton Baby, A Revolutionary Organic Approach to Having an Extraordinary Child, The Complete Guide to Preconception and Conception. And we know that preconception health gives a child, good preconception health on the part of both parents, gives any child the best possible start. Dr. Dittman, just for those parents listening um, who... Mm, right now maybe feeling like, oh, my goodness, it was all my fault. Are there tipping points where if certain postnatal things hadn't happened, the child wouldn't have wafted into a diagnostic label of some disability? Yes, absolutely. I mean, the ones you mentioned before are very typical, the the use of antibiotics, uh, vaccination, and NSAIDs close together, like within a two-month uh, uh, time frame especially, is very, can, consider, can be considered a tipping point. But so many things these days can be, con, you know, considered tipping points. You know, the use of GMO foods and aspartame and MSG and um, too much carbohydrates in the diet, um, you know, exposure to heavy metals and, again, that one thing could put you over the top. And the truth is we don't know when we eat out at restaurants what kind of oils they're giving us or where that food came from. So as much as possible, I tell parents, you know, try to find out where your food came from. That's what people in Russia did, you know, and in Ukraine, which is very intelligent. They know the people who are growing their food for them, right? They know them personally. And we don't. We're so removed from all that. And if you live out in the countryside, 
you know, take advantage of that. Get the fresh raw goat milk from the from the farmer. Get the the fresh raw you know y- yogurts and and raw butter and raw dairy from uh, for your children. And make sure that they have a good source and that, that you look at that farm and are they what are they feeding that cow or goat? You know, it's really important to know these matters and. So much as you know, Terry, we're in the city and we don't, you know, it's really hard to know the people who are growing our food. Right. And golly, there are are governmental entities who want to restrict your access to wholesome raw milk and restrict your access to uh, good, high-quality nutritional supplements and... um, and golly my, if you look up in the sky, it looks like your access to good clean air is restricted too. What about clean water? Well, clean water is a very big subject. We could talk a whole segment on that alone. But yes, I, I'm very much in favor of people using uh, adequate audible devices like uh, you know the the uh, purist uh, program. Uh, it's very it's, it's a little bit slower, but it's very reliable. So let me uh, just talk to our listeners about the Autism One Conference that is coming up May 23rd through 27th in Chicagoland. That's Lombard, Illinois. And uh, you can register for the conference at www.autismone.org. And I'll just give you a sneak preview of some of the speakers who will be at the conference. We are going to have Dr. Luke Montagnier, and he is a Nobel Prize winner. And I'm going to bring this up for you and tell you about his talk. I'm just bringing this up for you right now. His talk is uh, a keynote, and it is called The Microbial Track. There is in the blood of most autistic children, but not in healthy children, DNA sequences that emit in certain conditions electromagnetic waves. A therapy first started by a group of independent clinicians and now performed in conjunction with laboratory observations reinforces the idea that systemic bacterial infections play a role in the genesis of symptoms of autism. Our GPs have observed that a long-term therapy consisting of successive antibiotic treatments with accompanying medications induced in 60% of cases a significant improvement, sometimes even a complete resolution of symptoms. Our working hypothesis is that immune dysfunction associated with inflammation of the intestinal mucosa leads to the introduction of bacterial components, including neurotoxins, into the bloodstream, creating oxidative stress as well as microvascularities, especially affecting meningeal vessels and finally specific neuronal damage. This is going to be a wonderful lecture, and I highly encourage everybody to be there in person to hear Dr. Montagnier as he tells us about this. And I'd like to tell you about another uh, speaker's uh, talk as well, and that's Dr. Sidney Feingold, who is a globally respected microbiologist with more than 50 years of research in intestinal microorganisms. And his lecture is called Review of Studies on the Role of Microbes in Late-Onset Autism. 
he says there's often immunologic susceptibility to autism, either genetic or related to environmental toxins. Two of the most important factors that lead to ingrowth or overgrowth of potential pathogens are diet and exposure to antimicrobial agents. Dr. Feingold's presentation will review a variety of organisms under consideration found in stool and mucosal biopsies and viral or bacterial infections during pregnancy. Improvements have been noted with various antimicrobial agents, so I hope that you'll come and listen to Dr. Feingold and find out what that is. Hi, Terry, I'm back. Dr. Dittman is back. Yay! And so, Dr. Dittman, do you want to continue with what you were saying? And then I have that one cliffhanger question to ask you before we close. Well, why don't you uh, remind me, where where was I? (laughs) Okay. Okay, that's all right. Because of our time, I think let's just let listeners know. You said that none of your children were vaccinated, and we know that there are unvaccinated children who are so healthy and so bright, um, And but your oldest son, I think it was, had Asperger's syndrome, and he's now recovered, but there was some toxic exposure preconceptually. Yes, uh, this, is, this is something I discovered. Uh, what uh, is it just at the, the time, uh, about 19 years ago, I was getting into uh, hair analysis just uh, two months before he was born. And so when he was born, I was fortunate enough, uh, being taught by another doctor, Dr. David Nichol, uh, that, um, to test the hair. And so I tested his hair right away, and I found very high levels of you know, cadmium and lead. He had exposure to um, nickel. And I was able to remove this from his body within a year, and uh, although he had, uh, you know, delayed development, I was, uh, because it was early intervention, I think that was really saved a lot of, you know, his brain function. Uh, by the time he was in junior high school, he had a very high IQ, and he was doing well on tests, and they basically said, you know, he's doing great. So I was very fortunate to intervene, and that's why I'm writing this book, because I, I realize that, you know, a lot of parents don't have access to these tools or these diagnostic methods, and it's really important to, to find out as early as possible so that you know exactly and precisely what to do. And he also had high copper, so I knew that was a very important part of his recovery as well because if kids have high copper in their brains, you know, it's more, there's definitely a correlation between high copper and to zinc ratio and autism spectrum disorders. So... I, I got to, you know, quick intervene, and uh, I was very fortunate. He used to like to eat anything. Would he like sardines? So he was, he was really good about eating healthy things, and uh, that was a great thing. But, you know, now today he's completely normal, and he, he uh, recovered magnificently. And um, he's, he's like eight and a half. He's disappointed he's not taller. But I said, you, believe me, you're doing pretty well. You know, from what I can see. And, um, what exactly was the, uh, you were telling me something about grandma was gnawing on jugs of Tums or something? Right. That's the other, thank you for reminding me about that. Yes, it was one of the things I found out, found out in my investigation because I tested his mom and, you know, and, 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 uh, she had really high levels of aluminum. I'm like, where does it come from? The lab said at the time it was the highest they'd ever tested. So that really alarmed me, and I said, "How did you get all this aluminum in your in your system?" And so she asked her mom, and she found out that her mom used to take tums like every day at one point for her stomach, 
And then also her grandmother even took something like that. And so generationally it was passed on. And then she also told me that her mother cooked an aluminum pot. So, you know, there you go. It's like the combination. So uh, now today we know that the combination of high copper and high aluminum is an extremely dangerous one, especially for the fetal brain. So there you have it. I mean, that's, uh, that's one of the things that we discovered early on and that uh, we're able to positively intervene with. Very good. Thank you for sharing that with our audience. Well, you're going to be back on June 5th here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. So so thank you for bringing up all these good points with us today. And again, this is Dr. Roy Dittman, author of the upcoming book, The Brighton Baby, A Revolutionary Organic Approach to Having an Extraordinary Child, The Complete Guide to Preconception and Conception. Thank you, Dr. Dittman. Thank you. Okay, we'll be talking to you again on June 5th. And to our listeners, next week, Dr. Mark and David Geyer will be here. Don't forget to register for the Autism One Conference, www.autismone.org. And thank you to our sponsors, OxyHealth and Superberries. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga.